The No Quarter Given podcast is brought to you by BuckPower.com, TicketSmarter.com, Titan Home Lending, Print and Marketing Solutions, and Star Alvarado, our real estate agent in the state of Florida. Enjoy the podcast. Ahoy, Buck fans! Are ye looking for a different kind of podcast that centers on the yellow-bellied opponents? Well, you've come to the right place. Get ready for an enjoyable, in-depth look back at the important moments, historical facts, and games for the Buccaneers against this week's opposition. It's the No Quarter Given podcast on the BuckPower.com podcast network. Now, let's get started with your co-hosts, Jason Powers and Peter Blake. All right, Buck fans, welcome in week two edition, no quarter given podcast. Buccaneers 1-0 with a big 20-17 win up in Minnesota. Week one, I'm your host, Jason, down in Tampa, along with Peter Blake. Thanks for having us on. Paul Stewart, part of the BuckPower.com podcast network. Well, Peter Blake, we both called it last week. I said six points was too much. I think we both thought the Buccaneers could win the game outright. And lo and behold, Chase McLaughlin, 57-yard field goal later. The Bucks are 1-0, and my man. I'm telling you, and, and the, the start of the game was uh, inauspicious, right? Leo Word. I mean, uh, what did they go? 3 for 12 for Baker, 30 yards of total offense. You had social media climbing the rooftops in the mountains saying, Kyle Trask, start him the second half if you want to have a chance to win. And once again, ye have little faith as the Tampa Bay Buccaneers figure it out before halftime, get a spark there with Mike Evans and a touchdown. And then the second half, it's a totally different story. And as always, when it comes to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, it's not about offense. It's about defense. And of course, it's not how you start. It's how you finish. And we're going to get into all the different big play, big moments of the game. And, you know, we saw some growth out of Todd Bowles. I loved what he did in the second half, going yeah. for it on fourth down. We're going to talk about that here in a second. All right, let's start. You, you mentioned uh, the early, and just so you know, Buck fans, buckpower.com. If you haven't already hit that subscribe button, do so. Um, you'll get this podcast delivered to your device every single week. Uh, you can find the video content of this interview on my YouTube channel, the Jason Powers Sports Channel. We'll put that on, on most social media as well, JPO Sports. Peter Blake on Facebook, you can find him. We'll be posting stuff all over there. I know Peter's doing some great stuff. Had just finished up his show for the week. Going to be, he's got some. You want to make the announcement? Uh, you know what? Uh, I'm going to save it for some. Well, yeah, okay. I'm going to do it on this podcast. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to be credentialed media uh, for Sunday against the Bears. As my voice is kind of going out here, but uh, you know, for me, it's been unbelievable being a part of not only this podcast. My show, The Sports Web, and now the J.P. Peterson Show as a co-host yep. and an executive uh, producer. Um, it's just amazing. And I haven't been credentialed to a Bucks game since 2018. So it's a little bit emotional for me today yeah. looking at that. And That's great news, man. It's great news. And we can get the evolution of Sports Talk Television on the field and take phone calls now. So it's let the fun begin. Let the good times roll. So, Peter, if you're in the, if you're going to be in Raymond James, be looking for Peter post game. Maybe doing some stuff both in the in the locker, you know, the press press area, and then probably post game on the field after the game, potentially with you and JP and all your the whole crew doing some doing some live stuff. So, awesome news to hear there, and uh, you'll have a great time. 
by the way, I'm just going to give you a tip, man. Don't be wearing a suit and tie Sunday. It's going to be hotter than you know what. You Wear know, comfortable clothes. Comfortable yes. clothes, Peter Blake. I was trying. I was thinking about doing that. Trying to comfortable, that, bro. A sponsorship deal, you know. But uh, yeah, you're exactly right because it's 90 degrees out and it feels like 110 degrees, which, by the way, is consequently like my kitchen on a Saturday night. Everything burns. Just remember this, kids, if you're listening to this podcast, air fryers save lives. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, let's get to the let's get to the on the field action Sunday, yeah. one o'clock in Minnesota. You know, you mentioned an up and down first half. You know, they they the first three or four drives didn't move the ball up, but I will say this: we did have a big Baker. If you remember, Baker throws a long bomb to to, to Evans. Hard to see on TV. Was it a drop? TJ Reeves kind of gave me the indication that it was. So we had an opportunity there for the for the long bomb early. Didn't didn't connect. But a, what a drive at the end of the first half. The defense. Let's get to the before we get to the end of the first half. The defense, man. That first quarter and a half, they were unbelievable. The the speed, the coverage, the ability to not get tricked by the by the misdirection stuff with Cousins and O'Connell. They kept, you know, Jefferson had a couple crossing route plays, but they kept him in check in the blitzing defense. They caused turnovers. Antoine Winfield with the strip sack. He had a couple of other sacks. What a job by that Buccaneer defense that first quarter and a half. Yeah, I think I told you on this podcast, look out for Antoine Winfield Jr. Why? Because he went to the University of Minnesota and also his father played for the Minnesota Vikings. So he's going to have something to prove. And of course, Winfield Jr. could be up for a contract. Oh, he uh, will be. Ain't no, ain't no could be. Right. And he played like it. And you're exactly right. And I think it started the first drive when they set the tone. Kalijah Kansi, number nine yes. overall, giving Kirk Cousins. How do you like that? A kidney shot. I didn't feel too good, and I tell you right now, that defense was all over the place. Defensive rotation, Antoine Winfield Jr. causing turnovers, causing havoc. It's exactly what Carlton Davis said just a couple months ago. We're about to wreck you-know-what, and they did on Sunday. JTS showed up on the edge, a couple of good pressures. You had Cansey up the middle. Cansey, again, re-injures his calf. We don't know the severity of it. Probably going to be out a couple weeks, I would guess. Is the you know he reaggravated his injury a little bit? I don't think it's as severe as it maybe was in training camp, but you know I got a feeling they're going to sit him for a week or two to get him fully healthy. You got some depth on that defensive line that you can utilize in his absence. But again, the pressures, the front four, Devin and Levante were all over the place on these screens and misdirections in the run game and some of these throwback, you know, some of that kind of stuff that that O'Connell likes to do. And I liked what I saw out of Carlton Davis at corner, a couple PBUs later in the game. You know, he was, he was not, you know, and we'll talk about a couple of, uh, you know, Lu Jefferson got loose a couple times. You, If you remember on my podcast, uh, we talked about it. Don't let Jefferson go over 150 and wreck the game. Well, they held him right to 150. <laughs> and it was just enough. <laughs> well, the first half, he definitely wrecked it, but you're exactly right. They had a game plan in the second half. But it's a bend, don't break defense. And that's what it comes down to. And, yeah, you could throw for all those yards. But we got to get to probably the biggest play in the game besides Mike Evans' touchdown before halftime. 
I know you want to get to that. Now I'm going to get, let me get to that before we get to that play that I know that it, you're going to probably talk about Izzy's play, right? At the goal line. Let's, yes. let's talk about the first drive after the inter, after the first turnover. The one, you know, we talk about Baker struggling in the first half. The first play after the turnover, he misses Co'Keefe would have been a walk-in touchdown yep. on the seam route. You know, that was, you know, that made you a little nervous early if I'm, if I'm to being honest, because he's wide open. It's a walk-in touchdown that Baker airmailed. So, but give Baker credit. You know, after the Bucks kicked the first field goal to go up three nothing, they score to make it. Uh, what was it? Ten three. Minnesota scores ten in a row, make it ten three. The Bucks with a great two minute drive to get the Evans on the little double move up the kind of up the up the hash mark. That that uh, Britt Baker beautiful throw by Baker, good call by Canales, great protection. Um, gets to ten ten, and your play of the game. Minnesota drives back down into the half. They're inside the ten yard line. And your guy, Christian, undrafted free agent, Christian Izian, with a huge interception at about the two-yard line. Yeah, and a cheap shot tackle by uh, Justin Jefferson, which, by the way, Izian is in concussion protocol because of that hit. But you're exactly right. You watch the replay. He takes it away from K.J. Osborne. He wants it more. And look, the Vikings had all the momentum at that point because if you score three points, you don't feel so good about your performance. They get nothing. And Jason right. Powers, my tag team partner of the world, they had to like it, and they liked it. I don't think they liked it. I think the Bucks' uh, defense liked it a lot. So you keep them off the board, and you feel good about it because even as bad as your offense played, even though you score a touchdown before the half, and you cause all those turnovers and you have all those yards, you're tied with the Minnesota Vikings, which, by the way, had 13 wins last year on the road. Not bad. What'd you, th- what'd you think of uh, – I thought the offensive line was good. They had, a, they had one holding penalty early, but no false starts. They did. I thought they were – you know, they weren't dominant, but they were – they held their own very well. Flores brought a lot of blitzes and a lot of exotic scheme-wise stuff. We know he was. And they admitted after the game. They were a little flustered in that first half with the different schematic things that Flores and that defense was doing, and that's to be expected. New defensive coordinator there, just like the Bucks, new offensive coordinator. So, sounds like lots of adjustments at halftime and a lot of good adjustments at the half. And I think that was probably the most impressive thing for me is because this coaching staff has been under fire last year because they haven't made the necessary adjustments, and they did that in the second yeah. half. And you talk about the offensive line, a lot of questions about Tristan Wirfs. I thought he would make a great transition to left tackle. Guess what? You didn't hear the guy's name. That's usually a good thing. Luke Gedeke, you talked about it. He had a holding penalty, but besides that, you know, giving up a sack, that really wasn't his fault. Baker yep. went into that sack. Yep. Uh, Daniel Hunter, you know, one of the premier He's young a good player. Rushers, shut down by that right side with the rookie and, of course, Luke Gedeke. So impressive. Yeah, he did a good job at center, take stepping yep. in for Jensen. There was no issues there with delay of games, things like that. Those are all the operational things. No that that Donovan type of- Smith critical penalties that would drive you crazy yep. and make you pull your hair out. Remember, no Cody Mock last week with the back spasm, so we'll see what the status is of him moving forward. If he, if he ends up playing. Um, oh, actually, he did play in this oh, game. Oh, my bad. Okay, you're right. I, I, I missed that. Okay, he that's did. totally he my mistake. He played in this game, and you didn't hear from him. That's the thing. You didn't hear nice. from this offensive line, which is a great thing. That means yep. that they're doing their job. All right, so we, we, we end the first half 10-10. The Bucks get the ball in the second half, and what a drive. Nine minutes plus, they go down and score a touchdown. Um, you know, Trey Palmer scores his first, on his first NFL catch on a scramble play. Nice job by Baker keeping the play alive. Hits hits Palmer. Great job by Palmer making the catch on it. It wasn't a terrible, terribly hard catch, but to make the first catch when you get your first ball thrown to you, 
kudos to Trey Palmer keeps making plays. Yeah, he keeps on making plays. He did that in the preseason. He did it in training camp. Uh, I remember, you know, dusting uh, Sauce Gardner, one of the top young corners in the league, and he continues to uh, perform, and that's exactly what you need out of your third wide receiver for the Bucks. So Minnesota ties the game later on in the, in the early, I think, early fourth quarter, late third that's quarter. A BS interference call on Itzian. I mean, it was, it was, that was iffy. That one could have gone either way. I, I, yeah, I mean, as the official in me, I can, you know, you can make an argument both all ways. The whistle, Jason Powers, right on that. If you're you're reffing that game, I, I, all the whistle. there wasn't a lot. I will say this: there wasn't a lot there. It wasn't egregious. The, the ball, I don't think the ball was catchable. You know, the Bucks got a bad break there. The Vikings, uh, I, I can't remember. I think it was, uh, was it Madison who Madison c- catches the little swing pass, runs through Izzy and, and barrels his way into the end zone. Uh, one thing I thought the tackling was pretty good for the Bucks. I thought there wasn't a ton of missed tackles. Uh, you know, they got burned a little bit on a couple of the zone coverages with, with uh, Jefferson on the crossing routes. But in the second half, a sh- tremendous job on Jefferson. He had like 130 yards at the half. I think he only had maybe 20 yards in the second half. Great job by Bowles and that defensive staff with the adjustments. And we get to fourth, the fourth quarter. The moment of truth of Todd Bowles' coaching career, in my opinion, so far as the Buccaneer head coach. 17-17, eight minutes to go, fourth and a half a yard on your own 32. The old Todd Bowles, the defensive-minded Todd Bowles, which we get it, would have punted the ball. Your defense was playing good. I love that Todd Bowles went for it fourth and one. Baker Mayfield on the quarterback sneak. He didn't make it by a lot, but he made it. Triggers the the uh, the drive that turns into the. Then he lets then he lets McLaughlin kick a fifty seven yard field goal, which we wouldn't have been able to kick last year with suck up. No offense to suck up, but yeah. he can't kick it that far anymore. McLaughlin delivers. What a confidence boost to that to that Buccaneer sideline on that drive. And agree, and I think, you know, Baker stepping up there. I like the decision whether they make it or not. It's ballsy by Todd Bowles. Now he's become a riverboat gambler. I love the run-pass option where Baker basically gives uh, the guy a stiff arm. And then when he's trying to convert that third down and he puts his shoulder down and puts it into that guy to to basically get the game, uh, have the Vikings take the rest of their timeouts, and then he needs – that third down. And what does he do, Jason Powers? He gets that third down with a pass to Chris Goblin. Right. And again, conservative-wise, in the past, you could have said, we're going to run the ball and burn 40 seconds and punt. I like that they throw the ball. Canales seems like he's got some freedom in the play calling. I like Bowles allowing him to do that. And to me, one of the big moments of the game was after McLaughlin kicks the 57-yarder, the Bucks go three and out on defense immediately after no first downs nothing from from minnesota carlton davis with a nice deflection on third down they punt the ball and that's when the bucks back to your point burn the last five minutes of the game run the clock out with the with the critical run by mayfield and then the great out route to godwin tough catch by godwin keeps his feet in bounds doesn't juggle the ball and that's why you pay chris godwin what you pay him to make those big catches yeah, you're ex- exactly right. That's the reason why, and that's the reason why you got him as a quarterback to make that type of throw. That is a big-time throw uh, by a big-time player. No, no doubt. All right, so before we're going to get to Paul Stewart. He's going to give you a little montage of the Chicago – I'm sorry, the – yeah, Chicago Bears. We're playing the Bears this uh, week. Chicago Bears. Yeah, we're, a little montage of Bucks Bears history. Go to buckpower.com for all your, buck, all your Buccaneer history, audio, videos. He's in the final stages of his countdown of the top 100 bucks. We're in the top, the bottom 10, the top 10 as far as the best 10 Buccaneers of all time. 
He has a podcast he just put out concerning the Chicago Bears 1985 season opener uh, that led to the you know the year of the 86, the famed 86 uh, Bears winning the Super Bowl. He's got a great podcast that that out chronicles that game. And again, he's going to give you a montage of the Bucks Bears history. There'll be a lot of Chicago fans in Raymond James Stadium on Sunday. But before we get to Paul Stewart, I want to give you talk to you a minute about TicketSmarter.com. Bucks fans, Bears fans, if you're looking for tickets on the secondary market, this will be a, a pretty interesting ticket this Sunday at Raymond James on the market. I think you're going to have a big crowd. Go to TicketSmarter.com. All football events, college, pro, Major League Baseball. We got a big weekend in the city in, in Tampa. Buck, uh, Bucks Bears Sunday. You got Bama USF's uh, Saturday. If you're a big football SEC fan, Gators, Tennessee, Saturday night in Gainesville at the Swamp. You got Rays and Baltimore Orioles in a huge showdown series. You can use Ticket Smarter all over the country. No matter what team you are a fan of, TicketSmarter.com is your place. They got a mobile app. You can get all the great prices. Use this promo code, Powers10. If you spend 100 bucks, Ticket Smarter, use the promo code Powers10. You get $10 off. Use the, the code Powers20 if you spend 300 bucks and you get $20 off. Unlimited times you can use the code. Powers 10 or Powers 20, use it, TicketSmarter.com. Get your secondary tickets on the secondary market. You're going to get a great price. You're going to get great seats, venues all over the country. I don't care what it is, sports, NBA, basketball, hockey, whatever it is, use it. Chicago fans, use it up in Chicago at Soldier Field for the Bulls games. Cubs going to the playoffs, it looks like, in baseball. Whatever it is, use it. TicketSmarter.com is the place to go. All right, so we're back in just a minute after Paul Stewart's montage. We're going to be back and give you a little preview. Bucks bears on Sunday, Raymond James Stadium. Stay tuned. The Bucks and the Bears were NFC Central Division rivals for 26 seasons, and most of that time, it was Chicago beating up on the orange and white. But there were enough memorable moments for the Buccaneers, starting with the game in 1979 in Soldier Field. The Bucks were on their way to their 5-0 start, and Doug Williams, Jerry Eckwood, and Isaac Hagins were the stars of the show. First down, Tampa Bay following the Bears punt. This is Eckwood. Eckwood's got running room on the right side, and he has a first down, still going. And he's got blockers. Liver's the last man. Eckwood, oh. touchdown. Jerry Eckwood down the sideline. Two wide receivers. Wide right, Hagins. Wide left, Owen. Williams will throw. Pumps once. He's got him open. Touchdown. Oh. Hagan over Spivey. And the Tampa Bay Buccaneers go back in front. The 1982 season was shortened to nine games for the regular season because of the players' strike. And it came down to a winner-takes-all match at Tampa Stadium between the Bucks and the Bears. The winner was in. The loser went home. The Bears were leading 23-6 in the third quarter before the Buccaneer comeback began. Jimmy Giles was involved, James Wilder had a huge run early in overtime, and Bill Capice sent the Bucks to the playoffs for the third time in four years. Bucks are one of nine in third down conversions. What a big one for them here. Have to say the odds are with them. Williams got a man open, Giles, touchdown! They came right back with it to Giles. Williams has thrown 49 times today, completing 25. James oh. Wilder, big hole! Wilder! One man can get him, Smith, and he does. Terry Smith pulls him down, but at the 10-yard line. Little Bill Capice has got a chance to be the hero. From the 23, he has it. 
a 33-yard field goal, and the Buccaneers are in the playoffs. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are in. The 1985 season opener saw Lehman Bennett's Buccaneers jump to a 28-17 half-time lead against the eventual Super Bowl champions. And this was the game we recently featured in the BuckPal.com podcast with Randy Grimes joining me to tell stories about the Buccaneers from the mid-1980s. The 1989 season saw a pair of memorable wins, the 42-35 victory in Week 5 being another of the games we featured in a BuckPower.com podcast. Vinny Testaverde had three passing touchdowns, Lars Tate ran for a pair of scores and even holds a Chris Moore got into the act by running in the final PAT after a high snap. Donald Igwe Blinke for the point after. And a high snap, Chris Moore, the punter, will run in for it. They'll get it. They can do no wrong. The return game saw the Bucks leading 23-10 with just over four minutes remaining before utter madness set in. Mike Tomczak threw three touchdown passes. Vinny hit Mark Carrier for a 78-yard of zone, and Donald E. Grebuike came in to connect on the game-winning field goal as time expired. Now, this was the season that led to the legendary episode of the TV show L.A. Law, where a Bears fan sued the team for not producing a playoff-caliber team. Mike Ditka appeared in the witness box, and the plaintiff used the line, Of course they were terrible. They even lost to Tampa Bay. Twice. This is the BuckPower.com Podcast Network. Some interesting trivia points have come in Buccaneer Bears matchups. Did you know the Bucks' first ever appearance on Monday Night Football was at Soldier Field in October 1980, although they failed to trouble the scorers? And the coldest game the Bucks have ever played was in Chicago in 1990, 11 degrees at kickoff. The first ever Buccaneer safety came against Chicago in 1988 when Kerry Good recovered a fumble punt in the end zone. I should know, I was there as my first live NFL game. And for more British interest, the Bucks bears game in 2011 took place at Wembley Stadium. The biggest margin of victory in franchise history was against Chicago. 41-0 handed out in September 2000. And who can ever forget the pair of punt return touchdowns that Carl Truth Williams had in the 96 and 97 finales. Again, both at the expense of the Bears. From his own 20. It's a leg into this one. Sending Williams all the way back to the 12-yard line. Uh-oh, a look out! One man to beat! Carl Williams! This is the one Carl Williams has been waiting on. He'll go to the end zone, no penalty flags, touchdown! Can it really be 25 years since Raymond James Stadium opened? Of course, the Bears were the visitors, and I was there in the front row at the 50-yard line thanks to the Glazer family. And after the B-52 flyover, and a first half to forget, Dave Moore and Warwick Dunn were part of the comeback that led to a 27-15 victory for the Pewter Pirates. Tampa Bay trying to come back in this one. Play fake. And Dilfer has a wide open tight oh, great, great catch. catch by Dave Moore, and he's going to dive in for the touchdown. One-handed catch by Moore, who was wide open on the sideline. Down for the Bucks on the 43 of the Bears. Here's Warwick Dunn. Trying to leap outside. Warwick Dunn still on his feet, and he's going to score. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. 
The last time the two teams met was two years ago, when Tom Brady led the Bucks to a 35-3 half-time lead and cruised to victory in the second half. Mike Evans had a hat-trick of touchdowns in the game, one of which was Brady's 600th regular season TD pass. And yes, they did eventually get the ball back from the fan for a price. The all-time series record remains 40-21 in favour of the Bears, although it was 29-9 before the pewter colours came in, so the Bucks have done pretty well over the last quarter century. We will see how they get on in the Buccaneers home opener this Sunday, and you can read all about it as well as everything else through the history of the Buccaneers at BuckPower.com. Every player, every game, everything Bucks. And now a word from Titan Home Lending. Are you in the market to purchase your first time home, relocate to the state of Florida, or just purchase that second home or investment property? Well, if so, Titan Home Lending can help you get financing for that new home purchase. Reach out to Jason Powers, 205-790-1404, and I can help you get pre-approved in less than one day. A pre-approval is critical in order to make that offer on your home. You want to know how much of a home you can make an offer on, and getting a pre-approval will allow you to do that. From an FHA, VA, conventional loan, jumbo loan, bank statement loans, there are numerous loan options out there to help you get into your house of your dreams. You can also renovate. You can do a renovation loan, which will allow you to make home improvements and finance the costs into the loan. So reach out to Titan Home Lending anywhere in the state of Florida for your next home purchase, 205-790-1404. All right, Buck fans, we are back. Powers Powers and Blake here, no quarter given podcast. I almost screwed that up, by the way. That's all right. That's all right. My it's live, it's live audio world. here That's on the, right, on the no quarter given podcast. Um, all right, Peter Blake. Um, what's the biggest takeaway you take from week one in Minnesota? Well, I take away a defense that, again, is stifling, that's causing turnovers, that's getting after the passer, and I feel like this is a matchup you have to watch out for because I was disappointed in where the – well, I was surprised of how the Bears looked in their offensive line, and if they're that susceptible to Green Bay's defense, which I don't think is as good as the Bucks then Justin Fields is going to be running for his life all day long. And even though the Bucs have problems with usual uh, mobile quarterbacks in Fields, I think they're going to be able to expose that matchup and uh, take advantage of that matchup on Sunday versus the Monsters of the Midway. They, I mean, the Chicago Bears were terrible on Sunday. Justin Fields in that offense was pitiful. That guy, he, I, I just don't think he reached defense is worth a flip. He, yeah. I mean, he is not – you are going to see some exotic coverages from bowls, some blitzes, things. I mean, they looked putrid on offense on Sunday. Their defense was okay. They weren't great, but they weren't terrible. I mean, but from an offensive perspective, you're the Buccaneer defense. This is an opportunity to – couple interceptions here. Maybe, a, again, you're, gonna, you're not going to probably sack him a bunch because he's so mobile, but there's some opportunity in the passing game here if you can disguise your coverages to, to make some hay in the secondary. Yeah, and your old friend there, DJ Moore from Carolina, is a wide receiver. And look, they're going to try to get him the ball. Justin Fields is going to try to develop some chemistry because whatever that was last Sunday was not Ooh. it. Uh, that's not the reason why you pick up DJ Moore and you trade for him. Uh, and there's lots of doubts right now with this organization if Fields is even their franchise quarterback or even in their plan. So, you know, the Bucks defense can do uh, – 
you know, they can uh, they could do a favor to the Chicago Bears organization and let everybody know that Justin Fields maybe isn't the franchise quarterback that they think he is by causing turnovers, getting after him, and, of course, shutting down a DJ Moore. And the other guy that I would look out for on this team, not only Cole Komet, the tight end, yeah. but also the new running back out of Texas, Roshan Johnson. Yeah. Uh, he is a beast. He is a tank. Uh, he's got lots of potential. We saw how great the Bucks did against that run game of Minnesota. Let's see if they can 41 yards rushing allowed against Minnesota. Yeah. If they can do what that, you want to see. Great exactly. job by Vita Vea in there. You saw Logan Hall make some plays. Can't see. Yep. Very good job in the run stopping with uh, Levante and, and Devin cleaning it up behind them. Chicago's going to try to run the ball with Herbert. They got, remember, they got Deontay Foreman, who we know from Carolina, Roshan Johnson. I think they're going to try to do some of that, suck the linebackers up and throw it over the behind them with the DJ Moores. A couple of little controversy out of Chicago. What's going to be the status of Chase Claypool? It's a terrible game from all reports. He could be an inactive kind of guy. They were very disappointed how he played Sunday. Is he inactive? Is that causing some drama in the locker room? Darnell Mooney's a pretty good player, so be careful there. You got Mooney and, and, and DJ Moore, but I think you're going to see a lot of you're going to see a lot of Carlton Davis on DJ Moore. I think on Sunday. Yeah, DJ Moore and Carlton Davis is the matchup to watch, and also Jamel Dean versus Mooney or Chase Claypool. I don't think Claypool is going to play in this game because the effort is not there, and it's not just about him running routes. It's about just effort, trying to block, yep. trying to do your job. Yep. That's exactly what the Bucks defense has to focus on. Do your job. Make the Bears one-dimensional. Force Justin Fields to throw from the pocket. I think he can win this game and win this game easily. And let's go to the offensive side, the Buccaneer offense against the Chicago defense. The Chicago defense, Eberflus is a pretty vanilla defensive coordinator relative to most people. Plays a lot of Tony, you know, Tampa 2. They're going to rely on the pass rush. They got Ngakwe. They got some decent guys at the pass. Not great pass rushers, but okay. They had some free agent acquisition. Eddie Jackson's a good ball hawk at safety. Been around the league a while. But if you're the Buccaneers, this is an opportunity to run the ball. You saw Green Bay run the ball very effectively in the second half against Chicago. I think if the Bucs continue to run the ball, which they did, love the commitment last week, 33 rushes. It wasn't a ton of yards, but they were hard-earned and it was consistent. I think you're going to see some, some, uh, some Rashad White. Nice three or four carries that we saw last week out of Sean Tucker. I think the Keyshawn Vaughn is going to continue to be, you know, we saw that experiment. He's going to be the, the fourth guy. Do they activate Chase Edmonds? Probably maybe as the third. We'll see. But but it's clearly Rashad White and Sean Tucker at running back. Yeah, it, it clearly is. And, of course, they want to do a better job of, you know, having yards per carry because they ran the ball 33 times and – you passed the ball 34, so that's where your balance is. And, of course, you want more yards on the ground. We'll see if White and Tucker can do that this week versus, you know, a pretty good matchup with the Bears because they weren't good defensively either. And they're going to play, like I said, a lot of cover, too. They're going to not let over the, over, you know, Evans and Godwin ought to have their opportunities on the outside in the intermediate game. The 10, 15, 20-yard pass, you know, passing attack. I think I think maybe this is a Kate Otten kind of game, too. The safety's playing deeper. You're going to have some opportunity over the middle, I think, with Kate Otten and Co'Keefe. Um, it'll be interesting to see if David Wells, if he if he's activated and, and stays in, in, in the mix as far as, because they've talked about he's he can run Wells, but we'll see. But, K-Dot is for sure the number one tight end. I like the matchup, and the offensive line is not going to be overwhelmed. You're going to have the home crowd. The noise is not going to be an issue. I think that's going to be a benefit to the Bucs in the running game. And it's a 1 o'clock game, and say what you want. Chicago ain't used to that 90 degrees and the humidity 
mm. of, of that, that the Buccaneers are practicing for six weeks, that will be a factor, and the Bears wearing those dark jerseys will be an issue too. Yeah, wearing those orange jerseys uh, is not going to help. And if the Bucs get up in this game and they start to run the ball, you kind of wonder if this defense will wilt in that heat. But you, if you're the Buccaneers, to me, the defensive key of the game, you can't let Fields run wild. You have to contain, keep your rush lanes contained, make him throw the ball. If he's going to beat us, he better throw for 285 yards and two touchdowns. It better not be 85 yards rushing and two rushing touchdown kind of deal. Uh, right. You better make you better make Justin Fields throw the ball and beat you that way. It's the only way I think the Bear the only way I think the Bucks lose the game is if they let Fields run wild as far as scrambling out of the pocket, things like that. Agree. Completely agree. I think this is a game the Buccaneers ought to win. You know, if you're a team that's on the rise, this is a game you got to win. People didn't think you could beat Minnesota last week, but this is a game you should win at home in the home opener. You got Philadelphia next Monday night, potentially for a, a very intriguing game, Monday night football, if you can win this game. But you got to take care of business on Sunday, 1 o'clock at home. Peter Blake, give me a prediction Sunday. Yeah, 27-13, Tampa Bay wins going away 2-0. and uh, They're going to be at Raymond James Stadium. It's going to be hot, and that offense and Baker Mayfield are going to be hot too. I like the Bucks in that game. I'm with you. I think 31-14 kind of game. I think comfortable win. I think you're going to see more more bounce. I think you're going to see uh, Rashad White get in the end zone this week, the running attack a little bit heated up, and I think you'll see a Godwin touchdown, maybe even a Mike Evans. Um, let me ask you a Mike Evans question before yes. we get out of here. Yes. Were you were you were you a little perturbed and a little his reaction when he scored the touchdown was give the ball to the referee and run straight off the field. There wasn't a whole lot of rah rah rah. What'd you think of 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 his his demeanor in the game? Not Two drops. Yeah, two drops, his demeanor in the game. I think he's determined he's got to do a better job. Uh, I talked to Scott Reynolds this week, a pure report, and he said that he had two drops and he's playing like a $16 million uh, wide receiver instead of a $25 million wide receiver. So he's got to play better, but he's definitely got a chip on his shoulder along with Devin White, who had 12 tackles in this game, was yep. all over the place. He's trying to earn a new contract, and Baker Mayfield is playing with a chip on his shoulder. So I like the attitude by all these players right now. They're playing angry, and they're playing for money, which means they're going to be desperate, which means the Bucks are better off for it. Should they sign Mike Evans to a contract? I'd like to see him finish off as a Buccaneer, but I do understand the business aspect of it. And if he does want to be paid like Cooper Cup, the Bucs are going to have to think about that and see, you know, what kind of contract and how much it's going to cost the cap. But I the would Bucks, like to here's the thing. The Bucs have time. Yeah. If, if, if a deal doesn't get done till the end of the regular season, it ain't the worst thing in the world. Right. The Bucs want Mike Evans. They've already come out and said they're not trading him. That was an, a report we saw on SI this week. They're not trading them. They they want Mike Evans. They, they, this is the year they're, like we've talked about, they're paying all the credit card bills off this year. You can't go out and give Mike Evans another $25 million where it eats up, you know, a ton of cap space this year, which you have to kick down the road next year. Mike, just, I, we want you, man. Trust me, they want you. I know they do. They're going to get you taken care of, I I think. In worst-case scenario, the Bucks can still franchise tag him. They, he's under control. Worst-case scenario, if, they, if you really want to keep him, I think Mike Evans is going to finish a Buccaneer unless something bad just blows up with he in the front office or something. But I think this is a situation that will get worked out in the end. It may be a little pissed off, and he might be a little angry during the season. I get it. But remember, he's he's gotten every penny of the of the contract extension he signed. It's not yeah. like they've asked him to take a, a pay cut or anything. He's gotten every bit of that eighty two million dollars that he signed four years ago. 
You're exactly right. And he has he helped out the Tampa Bay Buccaneer organization? Absolutely. But he's but that wasn't a pay cut. It was just right. how they moved the money around. That's it. That's it. So I think they'll get it done. I have faith in Jason Light and Mike Greenberg and the organization over there. They have instilled that the last five years with the Super Bowl run and Tom Brady and everything they did in free agency. They will get it done, Jason Powers. Give me a break. Give me a breakout player in the game, a, a, kind of an under the radar guy that you see making some more, making some plays for the Buccaneers. I mean, I think it's Rashard White. I mean, that's that's the guy for me that's got to step up in this game because he was disappointing. He knows he was disappointing. This running game is going to go off of him. If you're going to emphasize the run game, he's going to have to perform better, and I think he will against that Bears defense. And one more shout out: what a job by the punt team, the Gunners. They made several. Big tackles on long. Ion McCollum, number 27, all over the place. And and Kamara punted the ball really well. Tremendous and great coverage by the Gunners. The, the McCollum and the Hayes kid were excellent on the punt returns. No big returns. Two or three times they tackled the guy within a couple of yards on the return. So awesome job by the Buccaneers uh, special teams. And, and Devin Tompkins had a nice little couple of nice little returns. Again, Kamara uh, punted the ball well. McLaughlin, money on the kicks when we, when you got to have them. So kudos to the Buccaneers special teams as well. So there you have it, Buck fans. We both like the Buccaneers to go to two and zero, setting up a hopefully a two a two and zero showdown Monday Night Football Week Three with the Eagles coming to town. But we got to get through Week Two first, Peter Blake. Yep. Buccaneers go to two and zero. We believe again, BuckPower.com. Part of the uh, go to for all the stats info. Paul Stewart. Buccaneer buckpower.com podcast network listen to the broadcast on 98 rock here in the Tampa Bay area TJ Gene and Dave Moore on the call you'll hear TJ's insights on the sidelines uh as I'm losing my voice here Peter Blake tell everybody where they can find all your great work Peter Blake will be on the sidelines so if you're on checking out the sports web post game you might be able to call in hopefully so tell them where they can find all the great stuff yeah, Facebook, Peter H. Blake, of course, uh, subscribe to the Sports Web on YouTube. And, of course, tune in every day, five days a week from 10 to noon on the J.P. Peterson Show as I'm his co-host. Great things there. I'm not going to do the bring your passion, bring your excitement. Just don't bring any nonsense. I'm not doing that because my voice is almost lost, too. I don't know what's going on, Jason Powers. This bug it keeps on keeps on keeping on. So And I was uh I listen I've listened to a couple days of the of the show here in the last few days and you guys are doing a great job. You had a little promo at a place in Tampa on Monday, a little Monday at the patio. Patio, yeah. Where Peter's picking up all the ladies post post show, <laughs> whining and dining like the nature boy, jet plane flying, limousine wow. riding, son of a gun. So uh that's great. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Just an extended weekend for Peter Blake, baby, running the streets. Yep, that's it. Monday, Monday nights, uh, 5 to 7 there on the J.P. Peterson Show. Is live. that every Monday? Is that an every Monday deal? Yeah, I, I think it's going to be every Monday deal. I'm curious to see what we're going to do for the Philadelphia game, or if we're going to be out there or if we're going to be credentialed. That's going to be interesting. There you go. There you go. All right. Again, you can find my work, Powers on Sports Podcast, Florida Football Insiders Podcast. Uh, if you go to the uh, Powers on Sports podcast, you want an in-depth breakdown. TJ Reeves is on the show, Buccaneer Radio. We talked to a guy from uh, Chicago, a longtime media member in Chicago, about the Bears, the, the angst about Justin Fields. We talk about a guy you like, 
Steve Mongo McMichael's Hall of Fame candidacy. He's got some health issues. A guy you know well from the wrestling world back back in the day with the uh, with the, who what, what, he was part of, he was part of the Horseman. He was a part of the Horseman. He was also a part of the original broadcast from 1995 September of 1995 at the Mall of America in Minnesota, which by the way TJ and Gene were at, and they were having a Saturday Night Nitro, which wasn't the same. I it's a little wrestling thing, but. Yeah, Monday Night Nitro, he was the guy, the first announcer, yeah. the first color commentator, Steve Mongo McMichael, who belongs in the Hall of Fame. And another big little bit of Tampa Bay wrestling news, uh, the Royal Rumble coming to Tampa in the beginning of what, yes. next year, 2024? Yes. Uh, See, I keep Blake. up a little bit, Peter Blake. I know. I, See? And when, are go, when are we going? Are we getting credentialed? Are we going to ask a question? You get me credentialed and I'm going, but I'm not paying a dime to go see Vince McMahon <laughs> and all those bozos. <laughs> You get me credential, I'll show up, baby. You got me there for sure. Get me a credential, Big Daddy. Royal Rumble is probably my favorite pay-per-view besides WrestleMania because you never know who's going to come out. There may be a surprise. The Rock may come out. Who yeah. knows? With all the wrestling history in Tampa, there'll be some guys coming out of the woodwork yes. for the Royal Rumble uh, in January of 2024 at Amelie Arena. And I think they're doing a, a show well, at... Uh, it's Tropicana for the Royal Rumble. It's oh, it's okay, okay. 7th. And then January 29th, Monday Night Raw at Amelie Arena. Wow. There you go. All right. All right, Buck fans, 2-0. Here we come. Home opener Sunday. Give a, give a wave to Peter Blake on the field. You'll see Peter get make post game. Well, I'm sure he'll have plenty of video content, all that kind of great stuff. Let's get 2-0, Buck fans. Appreciate you finding us. Tell your friends, your Buck fans about us. We're talking to every week. We'll have some guests on throughout the year as well. So see you next time. No quarter given podcast. 2-0. Here we go, Bucks. Join us again soon for another preview of a scallywag buccaneer foe when we come back with another No Quarter Given podcast. And make sure for the best in historical buck coverage, you go to buckpower.com. And as always, keep listening to the buckpower.com podcast network.